Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, for those of you that are taking notes, you like taking notes, the title of my message is Seizing God-Given Moments. Seizing God-Given Moments. Uh, In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, For everything there is a season, an appointed activity for every time under heaven. There's seasons in life. There's an appointed time in life. There are moments that happen in our lives where God comes in and he literally moves powerfully in our life to even alter the entire destiny of our life, to, to re center the course of our life. That's that's what God does. And we've all experienced those moments in our lives. And, you know, it's all because we said yes. It's all because we said yes to him. We said yes to his plan. You know, we said no to our way, and we said yes to his way. And that's what opened us up to God having an opportunity to begin to move in our life in the way that he wants to move. And like I said, these moments are what I call God-given opportunities. And, and that's what they are. They're opportunities. They're not guarantees. They're not guarantees. They're opportunities. That's, it's so important to know how God moves in your life. God doesn't just do things for you. What God does is God brings moments. He brings opportunities. He brings encounters. And then what we decide to do with those moments and those opportunities and encounters determines the outcome of the direction that our lives go. And and these moments of opportunities that God brings across our path, what these things are designed to do is they're designed to propel us forward. They help us grow. They help us become more mature. They help us become more fruitful. They help us become more influential for the kingdom of God. That's what they're designed to do. So it's important that you understand that anytime God blesses you, he's not trying to make it about you. See, I think that's what we have to be careful about. It's like, God, send me my moment. Well, why do you want your moment? What is your moment about? God, send me an opportunity. God, bless me. God, give me favor. Well, what is that about? Because I think it's really easy for us to become focused on what we want God to do for us, and we forget that the reason that God is doing it for, he's doing it so that we can be a blessing and an influence on others. Can I have an amen? So when I talk about God advancing you, when I talk about God bringing opportunity to you, when I talk about God blessing you, when I talk about God giving you favor, I'm not talking about you, you know, winning a free trip to Disney World, which, you know, if you did, that's great. I'm happy for you. I'd probably be a little jealous. And I'm not talking about winning the lottery, okay? But if you do, make sure you tithe. Just as a pastor, I feel it's my duty to tell you that. (laughs) But it's, it's important to recognize that these moments are brought across our path for a very specific reason. They have divine influence. They have spiritual meaning in them. It's not just about us. 
See, it, it, it moves way beyond us. And that's why God, he says, I want you to bear fruit. Everybody agree with that? And I want you to bear much fruit, and I want that fruit to remain. That's generational fruit. That's legacy. So that's you doing things right consistently for a long period of time, taking advantage of your opportunities, and using those opportunities to influence the next generation that comes up behind you. You know, like all of you counselors that are here, you're, you're in a season of life, you're younger. I remember being in that place. It's an awesome season. It's a wonderful season. But you got to be careful because what you can tend to do is you can get so focused on me. And what God is doing in you is so that you can be a blessing to others. God gave me divine moments, divine opportunities. Many people in this room, you've had those moments and those opportunities, and now that we are older, we're using those opportunities to make opportunities for others. That's the whole reason that God does this for us in our lives. And like I said, God-given moments and, and opportunities are not a guarantee, but this is how God moves in our lives. God in his goodness, he provides opportunities to us, but it's up to us what we're going to do with those opportunities. And that's what I want to really unpack just a little bit as I'm talking to you. You know, <clears throat> what, why does God give us opportunities and moments? Because we deserve it? No. I'll tell you why God does it. Because God is good. He's good. He's just good. You know, I, I think about God providing an opportunity for me to be saved. And it wasn't because I was good. As a matter of fact, no, I was bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Embarrassingly bad. I'm not proud of the things that I did. I don't like to talk about the things that I did. I'm embarrassed over the things that I did. I didn't deserve for God to appear to me when I was lying in my bed on a hot August night, high on cocaine and alcohol, but God did appear to me. And I'm so thankful for that moment. But I had to be listening in that moment. I had to tune in in that moment. I had to humble myself in that moment. I had to listen in that moment. And then I had to respond to the opportunity. I had to make a decision and do things differently. So, so how do we obtain moments when God brings them across our path? Well, sometimes it's good to look at how we miss something to better understand how we obtain something. And I was a poster child for how to miss something and so there's just a, a few things that I picked up on about how I did miss things. And so I want to talk a little bit about that to you because Jesus talks a lot about this in the Word. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked a lot about the many and the few. He talked about the wide and the narrow. There's a path. Many people take the wide path. It's easy. Everybody's doing it. It's, it's full of things that appeal to your flesh. Everybody's going that direction. But then there's this narrow path, and he says, the narrow path is it's a more difficult path. It's hard. It kind of squeezes you. It can be uncomfortable at times. And believe it or not, many people miss their opportunities, and they don't even realize an opportunity was right under their nose. 
People literally miss opportunities and never even realize that God was making an opportunity for them in that moment. And here's how they miss those opportunities. A bad attitude. Feeling sorry for yourself. Being a victim. And the reason I'm saying that is because I know that's what I used to do. I made everything about me. And it was always somebody else's fault. Well, you know, the reason that I'm the way I am is because my parents divorced when I was a teen. The reason that I am the way I am is because my dad was an alcoholic. And all of my dad's family were alcoholics. Everybody in my dad's family drank. I grew up in a family that drank. My dad did drugs, my sister, my brother, all my family, very dysfunctional. And so it's very easy to miss an opportunity because you're making excuses for why you can't. And all that stems from having wrong thoughts about your situation. You don't think right about it. You don't see God in it. Your mind's focusing on things that are carnal that you shouldn't be thinking about, wrong thoughts. People try something and they fail, so they quit trying. They allow fear and insecurities and self-doubt to keep them from moving forward, from maybe advancing themselves or taking a job or making a move. I don't know what it is for others. There's just so much clutter in their lives, just clutter. You're just busy. You're busy, busy, busy. You've got all kinds of things going on, and it's very difficult for you to hear the still, small voice that's wanting to direct you. Many other people fall victim to traps that the enemy sets for them. And it keeps them from experiencing these divine encounters, these divine moments that God wants to do in your life. So how do you experience these moments? Well, the first thing you have to remind yourself of, and I think that's why I used Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, you have to recognize that God's plan for you moves on a timeline. That's just a great scripture just to kind of highlight in your mind. Just remember it every day. You get in a situation, just remind yourself, for every activity under the sun, there is an appointed time and season. I've had to remind myself of that many, many times. So the first thing you have to know is that God's God's plans for you follow a timeline. Every destiny-altering moment has special timing. Now, let me just say this. You can go for months. As a matter of fact, you can go for years, and it seems that absolutely nothing is happening in your life. Nothing big, no big breaks, no moments. Nothing like that seems to be happening. And then all of the sudden, a God-ordained moment happens. It just happens. And then God moves in, and he does an incredible miracle, something that you weren't even anticipating or expecting. You know, I remember... Uh, Pastor Tim, years ago, um, this was early on when I first started working in the ministry, God laid on his heart to go to Honduras. Now, Tim wasn't a big missionary person. I mean, we believed in missions. Obviously, that's the the Great Commission, and we supported missionaries, but he had never really gone on any, and that wasn't really his focus, you know. He was more about discipling and training, you know, 
people, and that's why we started Applied Life uh, Leaders Academy and our camps and all that we do here, our Christian school. And anyway, God began to move on him, and he didn't know why God wanted him to go to Honduras. He just laid it on his heart that that was what he was supposed to do. And I remember one of the interns that was here, he got with him, and he said, listen, I want you to uh, find, get me a plane ticket to Honduras. He said, well, where do you want to go? And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I kind of need to know where you want to go in Honduras to get your plane ticket. He says, well, where's the airport in Honduras? He says, well, there's one in the capital. Okay, that's where I want to go. I want to go to the capital. So he, he didn't really have a defined, clear vision. He just had an urging, a prompting. See, there was, there, God was wanting to line up a moment, an encounter, but he had to be listening. So he got this ticket, and, and he went to Honduras, and through a chain of circumstances and events that were divinely inspired by the Lord, there was a man there who was a missionary by the name of Alvin Anderson. Now, many of you know him. Alvin has been with our ministry for many, many years now. He works with orphanages there. He, he has schools for children. He's just got such a heart for young people. It's just amazing what God has used him to do there. The thousands of lives that he's rescued, prison ministry and schools and churches and so many much he has done. But at that time, Alvin was really struggling. He didn't have a whole lot of support and he was trying to do what God had called him to do. I wish I had time to share his testimony. It's so powerful and but see, he didn't understand that at that moment that God was orchestrating things in the background supernaturally. Now, he couldn't see it. He wasn't aware of it. He didn't know it. But God was in the background silently maneuvering, shifting, positioning. Even a man in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that he had never met, God moved upon him to go there, and they met, and we've been able to be a resource of provision and blessing to Alvin for many, many years. What a powerful story that is. Isn't that awesome? All of a sudden, a God-ordained moment comes along. You meet someone you've been hoping for, your schooling just is unexpectedly paid off. An opportunity comes out of nowhere. I mean, in a split second, you're threat, thrust years ahead. You, you, you don't know how. It, it, just, it just happened. I mean, I can look back over my life, and I just see so many destiny-altering moments, moments that propelled me forward into maturity, moments that moved me forward into influence. I look back over my life and, and my wife and I and just financially how God just thrust us forward years in advance financially. But here's what you need to know. With every higher level God takes you, it will require a higher level of obedience. I'm going to say that again. For every higher level that God takes you, it will require a higher level of obedience. And here's why. If you're not obedient, then that, that higher level can destroy you. That higher level of influence can hurt other people. And that's why it's so important that we have to yield 
our lives to God. We have to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. And I'm not talking about in the big moments in life. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the little, bitty, seemingly insignificant moments every day. Being obedient. Being obedient to have the right thought. Being obedient to make the phone call. Being obedient to make the text. Being obedient to turn away from that temptation. Just little things. We've got to be obedient. You know, I remember when I first moved here, at the age of 23, I just came out of a terrible situation and just, I was literally saved for three weeks. As a matter of fact, on the way up here, going to the internship, I, I smoked my last pack of cigarettes and um, came into the internship and boy, I just had no idea what God had in store for me. But it wasn't because of, really I was a good person it was because I was willing. I was willing to be obedient to what God called me to do. I wasn't going to argue with God about stuff. I wasn't going to battle him about things. I just said, God. As a matter of fact, I remember having a conversation with the Lord. I said, as hard as I live for the devil, I'm going to live for you. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Whatever you ask me to do, God, I'm going to do it. You're the boss. I'm not, I've been the boss for 23 years, it didn't work, you're the boss, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And I remember coming here and, and going through the internship and, and now I think about what I'm doing today and I, you know, it's just like, how did that happen? And the fact of the matter is, when I arrived here, there were young men that were on staff and they were more gifted than I was they were more talented than me. They were smarter than I was. I mean, they were better looking. I mean, if that's possible than I was. I mean, they just were. They were the ones that were in position for what I'm doing. But because of disobedience, they missed their opportunity. Now, now, listen to me. I'm not saying that I did everything right. But what I'm saying is, is when I did wrong, I repented. See, that's the key. When you do wrong, when you miss the mark, when you're tempted and you blow it and you make a mistake, the first thing that you've got to do is get down on your knees and ask for forgiveness. And then repentance means that you, you were doing this, but now you turn your back on that, and now you are pursuing him. I, I turn my back on that. I'm not going to continue to be disobedient in that area of my life. Now, you got to understand, and, and it became so clear to me, that God does not commit to talent our ability, our giftings, our looks. I'm thankful for that. What God commits to is obedience and faithfulness. God looks at the heart, and God says, if I can find someone whose heart is committed to me, fully committed to me, as a matter of fact, the Scripture says, I'll get behind that person. I'll support that person. 
I'll make opportunities, divine, God-given moments for that person. See, God will move heaven and earth for you if you will just submit on earth to heaven. That's how it works in our lives. And so it's easy to get frustrated when things don't seem to be happening on your timetable. And we're all in this boat together. Everybody has been frustrated because it seems like something or some things aren't happening or don't even look like they're ever going to happen. It's easy to get frustrated. But I want to encourage you, be patient. Have faith. Here's a good principle that I had to learn, and this is such an important one. Never compare yourself. Instead, prepare yourself. Never compare yourself. Instead, prepare yourself. Because it's so easy, you know, to, to look at someone and, 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 you know, see blessings happening for them. Or, and, and I get it. We would all love to be moving forward all the time. I mean, that, that, that would be great. But that's not how life happens. There has to be seasons of preparation in our lives before we're ready to move into the next moment or God-given opportunity that the Lord wants to bring into our lives. He has to make us ready for those moments. And it's in these times that your faith and resolve are going to be tested. Will you be faithful in seemingly insignificant moments in your life? Will you remain faithful when it doesn't seem like anything's happening? Will you keep a good attitude when you pray and you don't get an answer? See, it's in these moments that your faith and your character are being constructed and built. But you have everything to do with to decide what will be the outcome for you. And I've discovered in these moments that you've got to use these seasons to prepare yourself in downtime. When it doesn't really seem like anything's happening, what's your attitude? Are you intentional? Are you serving? Are you in the Word? Do you continue to pray? Are you listening to podcasts? Or are you moaning, belly aching, having a pity party, being a victim, feeling sorry for yourself? And I'm not trying to sound hard, but I'm just telling you, that's, that is how the enemy moves in our lives. The devil makes himself out and disguises himself in such a way that he pretends that his voice is your voice. And he'll have you comparing yourself to other people. Their, their car and what they have, their home and what they have, their job, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their giftings, their talents, their abilities. And the devil will begin to whisper in your ear. That's why you have to keep a good attitude. You know, I think about the life of, of Joseph. Man, what a great example of a person who had all kinds of things come against him, yet he didn't allow his attitude to sour. He kept trusting God. Joseph's life in Genesis 39, we can read about it, and I'm just going to encapsulate. He was despised by jealous brothers for dreams that he had. He was thrown into a pit by them and sold into slavery. 
Then the place that he went to, he rose to a place of, of reputation and influence only to be convicted of a crime and falsely accused and then thrown into prison and then asked the cupbearer and the chief baker to remember him and they forgot him. I mean, this guy had all kinds of opportunities to really allow his attitude to go in a wrong direction. But it was during these moments that Joseph, he could have lost sight of his dreams. See, God gave him dreams. Maybe God's given you dreams. But God-given dreams don't happen overnight. God-given dreams don't just come in a moment. Some dreams you have, to, you have to cultivate for years. You have to sow seeds of prayer. You have to water it with faithfulness and joy and thanksgiving. And even sometimes you understand that dreams have to die only to be resurrected again. That's what the scripture says. Unless a seed fall into the ground and die, it dies alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And sometimes God even brings us to the end of ourselves and our dreams. And the reason that God does that is because God wants to make sure that we understand and we know that he was the one that did it when it happened. It wasn't us. There was no possible way that we could have made that happen. God made that happen. And then we can give God the glory when it does happen. We won't take credit for it ourselves. And so here we have Joseph. He kept trusting the Lord. He kept reminding himself of God's faithfulness. He kept praying, waiting. Even though by all outward appearances, it did not seem that his dreams were going to come to pass. It seemed like maybe God lied to him. I'm sure it felt that way when he was in prison. But see, what Joseph couldn't see was what God was doing in the realm of the Spirit. God was moving in the background on Joseph's behalf even though Joseph couldn't see it. But it took time for God to begin to maneuver in, in the world that we live in because there is a time and a season for every appointed moment, amen? So it takes time for God to maneuver and position you, circumstances, people, other people that need to be gotten ready for that moment, for when you encounter them. See, they're all prearranged for your future. If God would prearrange my deliverance from sin while I was living in darkness and ungrateful, how much more will God do that for us who are submitted to his will and following him to the best of our ability, right? How much more will God? Once again, that's because he's good. Just because God is good. When you see other people being blessed, how do you respond? It's a good question to ask yourself. Friend gets a relationship and falls in love, you're still single. How do you respond? A coworker gets a promotion, you didn't. How do you respond? A couple gets pregnant, but you're unable to. You've been praying and praying to get pregnant, and you still haven't been able to get pregnant. What is your attitude? Some of your friends get a new home, a new car, yet you haven't experienced those moments. Other people experience financial blessings, but you just doesn't seem to be able to get a break. See, the truth is, God, 
God is moving in the background, and those moments are testing your attitude. Now, I want to remind you that Joseph had brothers, and God wanted to bless them just as much as as he wanted to bless Joseph. But see, what they did is they compared instead of prepared. See, they got envious of Joseph. They got jealous of him. They allowed their pride to well up when he talked about those dreams, about y'all are going to bow down to me. Who do you think you are? You're the younger brother. I'm not bowing down to you. But later on, that's exactly what happened. See, you can't stop what God wants to do in your life. Other people can't, but you can't. See, Joseph's brothers, they couldn't stop what God was doing in Joseph's life. The only person that could stop what God was doing in his life was Joseph himself. People don't hold your destiny in their hands. God does. People don't determine your outcomes. God does. I mean, look at Joseph. He was in a whole other country under an ungodly leader, and yet God promoted him advanced him, blessed him, and put him in charge of everything. And God blessed his family through his obedience. See, that's why it's so important that we maintain a good attitude when nothing seems to be happening because you have to understand people are watching you. I have people all the time come up to me and they say, Paul, you've been a blessing to me. I had people contact me at Father's Day. I was so blessed. I was so humbled from phone calls and texts that I got. And people say, you've been a blessing to me. I've watched you for 20 years. Well, for 20 years, you've got to keep doing what's right if you're going to get that phone call. See, for 20 years, you can't let your attitude get the best of you. For 20 years, you can't listen to the lies of the enemy. Now, I'm not saying that the devil hadn't whispered in my ear. Sure. But I'm just not going to let him make it a garbage can for him to dump his lies. See, I have the ability to determine whether or not I will download what the enemy tells me or I will reject it. We have the power to determine that. Now, the voices are going to come. The voices are going to come. But we've been given the power through Jesus Christ to reject those voices and then replace those voices with what God says about us. We come in agreement with God. There are prearranged blessings. Joseph's brothers had prearranged blessings. They just missed it. They missed it because they didn't think the right thoughts. It's vital. Right now, there are destiny-altering moments that are prepared for you in your future. You can't see them. You don't know how far away they are. You don't know when they're going to happen. But I can promise you, as sure as the sun comes up tomorrow, they're there. And I can promise you this. If you'll keep a good attitude, you'll keep your mind and your heart focused on the Lord and thinking the right thoughts, when it's the right time, that moment will happen for you. And you'll walk into the blessings that God has for your life. Now, Understand, the thief, he's trying to steal from you. There's a thief. 
John 10, 10 says, the enemy, the thief, has come to kill, steal, and destroy everything good that the Lord has predestined for your life. He's got things predestined for you. But the enemy's goal is to rob you, to take those things from you. Now, the good thing about it is, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more, help me, abundant. We know God's intentions for us. We know our Father's heart for us. But we have to be aware that there is an enemy. And that enemy will whisper in your ear lies. You'll never beat this addiction. Nobody loves you. You'll never get past that rejection. You'll never overcome that hurt. God's not listening to your prayers. You're not smart enough to start that business. You don't have the resources that it takes to make that happen. You don't even deserve the blessings like other people do. Listen, lies. You have to cast off all of those lies today, today, as you're listening to me. Maybe listening by podcast or watching a live stream. God has moments for you. Destiny altering moments. God given moments. And they're already lined out for you. They're out there. We watch God do it for his son. We, got, we watch God do it for so many people in the scripture. You've heard testimony of other people talking about what God's done in their lives. And you've even had it happen in your own life. Well, guess what? God's not done. As long as you're breathing and you're alive, God still has those moments for you. For you. But what we have to do is we have to repent of wrong attitudes. And we all have to. I would love to say that I've always had a great attitude, that I always responded right to wrong. I would love to say that I always believed the cup was half full and not half empty. But the fact of the matter is, that's not true. But see, here's the thing. We can learn. We can grow. We can move from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. We can mature. We can become better soldiers, sharper, stronger, more aware, better discerning of what the enemy is doing in our life. Listen, I get it. Life's not fair. I get it. I've had a lot of unfair things happen to me. I mean, I totally understand it. I'm not saying that life is fair, but here's what I do know. God knows the end from the beginning, and God is the one that is keeping the score, and God is the one that is ultimately going to bring everything to pass. And that's the kind of attitude that you have to have. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when everything is said and done, the only thing you're going to be left with is God. Why in the world would you turn your back on Him during times of trouble? He's all you got. And he's all you're going to have when everything's completed in this life. God has solutions to problems that you haven't even faced yet. And here's one thing that I've learned. If you will partner with God, for every setback that you've experienced, there will be a prearranged comeback in your life. God will use it for his glory to empower and strengthen 
and motivate other people. You get to partner with God. You get to decide that. For every disappointment, there's a prearranged purpose. And for every failure, get this, for every failure in your life, there's prearranged mercy. Prearranged mercy. How do we know this is true? Because the scripture says God's mercy is new. Every, as sure as the sun comes up. Well, God can't forgive me this time. Nope, there's prearranged mercy. Prearranged mercy for us. There are going to be many times in your life it feels like nothing's happening, but it's during these seasons you can't lose your vision. You've got to keep doing what you know is the right thing to do. Keep praying. Keep reading the Word. Keep attending church. Keep serving. Keep hoping. Keep asking. Keep knocking. You don't give up. Never, ever, ever do you quit and give up. Because you know that if you will persevere, that God is faithful and he will see you through. Amen. He will. As I close my message today, I want to encourage you where you are in your life right now. Moments of favor are out there, prearranged moments. They're already set into motion. God's already activated them. They're moving, they're stirring, they're happening. You can't make them happen, so you shouldn't try. Don't try to manipulate God. Don't try to manipulate people. Don't try to manipulate circumstances. You, your job is to have faith, to keep a good attitude, to trust. And then God, in his supernatural wisdom, power, and ability, he will make sure that the right moments, at the right time, and the right people come across your path, just like he did for me, just like he did for Alvin, just like he did for Joseph, God will do the same for you. Your job is to keep doing what's right. Partner with God, keep a right attitude, keep trusting, keep believing, and know that these, these moments are already set into motion. All you're doing is, is preparing yourself and getting yourself ready. So when they come, you're ready for them. And then, you activate that moment in your life and in a blink of an eye, out of nowhere, there he is, there she is, there it is. Amen? It just happens. That's the way God moves in our life. Did y'all get something out of this this morning? Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray together. You guys listen well. You deserve a really good lunch. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Lord, today we repent of wrong attitudes. We repent of wrong attitudes, Lord. Forgive us, God, when we doubt, when we don't trust you, when we listen to the lies of the enemy. Lord, we repent. We repent of those things. And Father, we know and we declare to ourselves that we have been accepted appointed and anointed. And God, we're not going to miss any moment that you have for us because God, we know that you want to use us 
to be a blessing and leave a legacy to so many people. Lord, thank you for helping us, for empowering us, for strengthening us, for, for having patience with us, for showing us mercy and forgiving us. And God, as we leave here today, we enter into our new week with a new vision and a newfound faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless. Thank you.